No, seriously, we are, we are honored to be here uh, today. My wife and I love ministry to pastors. Um, we, we've been doing that since I can, since I can remember, <laughs> at least since yesterday and maybe early this morning, I don't know. Um, a long time ago, she ministered to one of your staff pastors, but we won't go there because that would reflect how old you are to have a daughter that my wife could minister to in kids camp because I don't want people to think that just because I know you, I'm old like you. I, I, Pastor Joe and I, we go way back to when we were both able to keep up with teenagers. I, we go so far back that I, we've known each other since Pastor Wiley was just old. I mean, we've been around a while. It's been a while, hasn't it, Pastor Wiley? I don't know when old becomes ancient, but uh, somewhere in there, doesn't it? Yeah, older, older. Thank God for English words. You just add a little stuff to them. I'm glad that you've gotten wiser and better, not just older, Pastor Joe. You were wise and good to begin with, and so you didn't have to get old. Debbie, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, as someone who has run my own business, I've, I've been a realtor, I've been a pastor serving the church for over 20 years in different leadership capacities, I've realized that our identity impacts how we live. How we perceive ourselves, who we think we are, is one of the strongest determiners of how we'll live, of how we'll function. I think the most foundational thing for us is to figure out who we are in Christ. To figure out our identity. And, and we, we develop that over the years and then we bring that into the kingdom and sometimes we, we accept the new identity that Christ has for us and sometimes we want to hold on to that other identity Sometimes we let, and someone said it this morning, you know, we, we let people give us an identity. Maybe I was one of your sermons I listened to online, which is a scary thing. You should try it sometime. Letting the bullies tell us who we are. That's something. Did you, how many of you heard your pastor say that? All right. Since there's only six people here with a photographic memory or a memory at all, uh, the ushers or serving team have outlines. They have notes for you this morning. Would you make sure everybody has one of these? If you have a photographic memory, you may stand and be excluded. If not, gentlemen, they're on the back table. I saw them. Someone worked hard. So you can take notes. You should take notes every single Sunday until you develop a photographic memory. Okay? Now, we learn by doing but usually you can't do until after you get out the door. So you need to write down at least two or three things to do at the end. So make sure everybody has one. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed to get one. Please make sure the staff have notes so that they can write and remember something. I, I'm sure that if they're willing to work with Pastor Joe, they've lost their mind already. They'll need some kind of device to help. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to be saying nice things about you, huh? Truth or just the nice parts of it, just the good stuff. Now, uh, in the next few minutes, I want to address this idea of our identity from a completely different 
perspective, at least a different perspective than I usually do. Um, and I'm going to address my, my remarks primarily to your pastoral staff. But I want you to have some notes too, because what we're going to see in Scripture applies to all of us. I, I'm not pastoring right now, and people will, will say to me, have you left the ministry? So I check my pulse. No, I have one. And then I check and see, nope, God is still with me. No, I haven't left the ministry. Uh, I'm not getting paid to pastor right now. And there's ups and downs to that. So what we're going to see in Scripture applies to all of us who are believers in Christ. If you've not yet surrendered your life to Christ, much of what I'll say today will be absolutely irrelevant. You're pretty much going to waste the next couple hours until we eat. Uh, but for those of you who are followers of Christ or you're interested in being a follower of Christ, I believe you'll get something today, even though I'm, I'm going to address things primarily to, to your pastoral staff. Uh, and, and I'm entitling my thoughts today, The Treasure and the Message. And I have a, a wonderful minister who is here to help me today. Maggie, would you come and hand these to the people with beautiful flowers put on there? Make sure Pastor Joe gets this one, though, okay? Give him the lion. And staff, if you would help her, make sure she gets one to you. Only the staff get these. Now I've got a little something else that I might give some others of you. Oh, over here. Oh, there you go. Oh, she's giving one to Mommy. That's good. All right. Mommy's got a flower. It works that way. There we go. Come on over here. Isn't it good to have a helper? Assistant? Someone you can count on? Someone you can trust? Over here, sweetie. Good. What they're getting, for those of you who can't see, is a beautiful little finger puppet. And I've asked Maggie to give these to the staff because, staff, I want you to remember that you're special. You have it? I've heard you're special. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, they didn't define it. I made my own assumptions. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Do, do, all right, make sure everyone... Do, do you all have one? Any staff member? Any, any pastoral staff member missing? Okay, you have one. I want you to keep this, for at least till the end of the morning, so that you remember you're special. Anyone who plays with a finger puppet in church is special. Quite special. I gave you this so you have someone to talk to during the week who will actually really listen. <laughs> and all the, all the wives are going, can I get one? Someone who will really listen intently to you and act as though they understand, will not argue with you. Someone you can talk to, Pastor Joe, during, during Thursdays, in the middle of the day, you have someone to talk to. Now, when Brenda walks by your office, you may want to come up with something like, I was practicing for a puppet show, if she hears you talking to your finger puppet. You're special. But here's a question, are you valuable? Ask the person next to you. Quiz them a little bit. Ask them, are you valuable? Go ahead, I'll, I'll wait. I'm not going anywhere. You're fixing lunch for me.
Today I'd like to share with you three dynamics that determine value. Three dynamics that determine value. Tell you what, let's, let's stand and pray together just in case I get going long. Those of you with narcoleptic tendencies, this will buy you two or three minutes. Let's pray. Got your Bible close? All right, Lord, thank you for loving us. Lord, you loved us enough to speak to us. You've spoken to us through the prophets, through your son, through nature, through your word. You continually speak to us by your spirit. Lord, help us not to be rude today. Help us to listen and hear what you're saying. And Lord, I recognize what you're saying may be contained in what I'm saying, or it may be something totally different. But Lord, help us to hear what you're saying today. Reveal your word to us in such a way that we'll act on it and live by it. That we'll be people of the Spirit, informed by the word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated unless it'll help you to stay awake by standing. That's fine with me. I'm only somewhat disturbed. Not easily, though. Here's a question. Do you realize that God chose you? In your notes, you might want to write this. God selected me. S-E-L-E-C-T-E-D in case you care about spelling. And if not, spell it the way I would. God selected me. Now, I'm not talking just to the pastors when I say that. You see, God handpicked you out of the crowd to be part of His family. To be part. Now, some of you get selected to get paid to do what the rest of us do for free. And that's alright. Biblically, it should be, and you, you know, at least, I think the lead pastor should get double what everybody makes, but that's just because I read the Bible. But God hand-selected us to carry on the family business, to bear His name, to be His own. Would you turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, if you have the Bible with you, and if not, just steal someone else's. 1 Peter chapter 2. Well, if you didn't bring one, you probably don't know any better. Just steal one, it's all right. I'm going to read to you from the New Living Translation. Any translation should say about the same thing, though the wording may be a little different. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and there's space on your notes to write that down. If you've got your reading glasses, you'll see where to put that. You can take it home. 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 9 and 10 with you this morning, and then we're going to look into 1 Corinthians a little bit. After talking about, well, basically the way the rest of the world lives, the Holy Spirit speaks through Peter and says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests. Now, this is to the church, okay? You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
We'll look at verse 30 and 31 together. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 and 31. It's a great sound. It beats the sound of getting a text in the middle of the sermon. It really does. I don't mind texting, just, you know, it's when your volume's on, it gets a little disturbing. Found it, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made Him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. And He freed us from sin. Therefore, as the Scripture says, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. There's a term used for church, the church, in the original language. Matthew 18.18 is where we see it first. And you may have heard it before. Ecclesia. That's the word translated church. And the proper translation, the longer translation and better understanding of this word is that it is an assembly of called out ones. A gathering of people who have been called out. Ecclesia, someone would go through the town and call out the selected leaders, the selected decision makers. They would call out those who were handpicked to make a difference. That's the word that the Holy Spirit inspired the writers to use when talking about us as followers of Christ. It's significant that we have been called, that we are the called out ones. The greatest significance, though, is not that we are called out. The greatest significance is who has called you out. The greatest significance is the one who hand-selected you. You weren't called out by a denomination. They may have recognized you, but they're not the ones who called you out. You weren't called out by a pastor. You weren't called out by the church board staff. You weren't called out by the selection committee. You were called out not by someone desperate for help, not by someone weak and and, and feeble saying, oh, anybody will do. You were called out. You were hand-selected by the King of all creation. The sustainer of all the universe. The one who knows right from wrong. Truth from error. The end from the beginning. The king of kings. The king. We don't understand king in our culture, do we? But the king of all eternity. The ultimate decision maker. The one who knows you beyond how well you know yourself. The one who knows you beyond your ability to understand the the beginning from the end. He's the one who has called you out. Whether your name starts with the word pastor or not. And even before your name started with the word pastor. And even when you were the pastor sitting in your office going, oh, ha, ha, ha. The king called you out. So let me ask you what's greater? The little puppet? that you will want to talk to all week long, I'm sure. Or the person who brings the puppet to life. 
What's greater, the little bit of rubber or the dynamic life that can animate it? Oh, I can, you know me, I could have fun all day with this guy. I mean, I can put on a show. But what's greater? The incredibly dynamic and complex or just a little thing that we see over the, over the stage. So the first dynamic that determines value is the one who calls you. I'm valuable because of the king who calls me his own. I'm, it's already up there. Look at that. How far ahead of me are you? We're good right there. You are valuable. I am valuable because of the king who calls me his own. Listen, I work with pastors all the time. I have for years and years. Pastors of all different denominations, all different ages, all different races, all different theologies. And I can tell you, your pastors deal with the same thing you do that's wondering about who we really are from time to time. Your value's not in the paycheck. It's not in the accolades. And oh, staff, come on. Don't ever fall back into the trap of thinking... This means you're doing a good job. It means nothing. We get off track when we seek for approval, applause, affirmation. Go back to this. Know that you're valuable because of the King who calls you His own. Well, the second dynamic that determines a believer's value, I am valuable because of the message that comes from me. I'm valuable because of the message that comes from me also in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You still got it? You didn't put your Bible away, did you? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. We'll go through verse 24. This happens to be the New King James Version saying it this way. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached. And there's a little sarcasm, which is why I think I might be related to Paul. Through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews require a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. There is a message that comes from us. It's contained in us. I believe it comes from us, out of us. Some of you, you haven't gotten it out yet, but you will soon. This week, God will give you an opportunity. There's a message that comes from us, and this message is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The power of God. I don't know. I'm pretty glad the message isn't the power of Pastor Nate. You seem like a a man with some power. Not enough to solve my life issues though. Sorry. The message is the power of Creator. (laughs) Last time I spoke, well, I was going to say nothing happened. Pretty much the opposite of what I said. Which was, Go to your room and do this. <laughs> you know. But there is a message that comes from us. 
the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Friends, there's a message you have that has the potential to change the world. This message is is more powerful than the bomb dropped on Hiroshima. This message is more radical than chemotherapy and radiation treatment. This message is more life-changing than finding out you won the lottery. There is a message contained in you that must come from you that can change the world. And it changes it one life at a time. That's the message contained in you that comes from you. Imagine what you think the most exciting message is right now. Go ahead, use your imagination. What do you think would be the most exciting thing you could tell the person next to you? Let me help. I'll just imagine I'm Debbie. You're going to be a daddy again. I mean, isn't that a life-changing message? <laughs> no, I, I, I was not walking in the prophetic. Pathetic, not prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> look, he just aged 10 more years. The blood drained from his face. Listen, the message that we have is more life-altering than that message. The message that we have is more stunning, more shocking, more powerful if people really understand the message. The message that comes from us is a message of life change. The message within you is a message of hope. Listen, we're the church, right? And I bet if I quizzed every one of you, at least every one of you over the age of 20, and probably everyone over the age of 13, there have been a moment when you went, why? What if? If only. The message that comes from us is a message of hope. That there is a God who, by all legal rights, should kill you and make you suffer first and then kill you, but He loves you, and so He allowed His Son to die in your stead. There's a message that comes from us that says the best thing you can imagine here is is worse than the stuff you'll walk on in the heaven that the God of eternity has prepared for those who love Him. There's a message of hope that comes from us. There's a message of healing that comes from us. Healing of broken bodies. Healing of broken minds. Healing of broken relationships. I mean, this is stuff you would pay for, church. Wouldn't you? You pay for doctors that can't heal you. I can't, my daughter broke both of her wrists at the same time. She falls very unilaterally. And I remember what the hospital charged. It didn't make her better. It kept her from getting worse. I remember what they charged. Listen, the message that comes from us is a message of healing. It's a message of hope. It's a message of restoration. It's a message of strength. It's a message of peace. There are people being paid millions to say that they're going to work for peace. Listen, I know the Prince of Peace. And He'll show up. That's the message that's in this guy. Whoa. It's a message that can change the world but one life at a time. You're valuable because of the message that comes from you 
Because you'll bring that message of hope. Because you will deliver that message of life. You'll bring the message to people that they are called by God. You'll bring the message to people that they can find hope in absolute surrender to Christ. It wasn't the paper that made the Declaration of Independence so fantastic. It was the message. It wasn't the parchment that made the Emancipation Proclamation something stellar, something life-changing, something liberating. It was the message on the paper. You're valuable because the King calls you His own. And you're valuable because of the message that comes from you. I need my daughter to help me again. We're going to be here a while. I thought some of you should eat. Could you give this to, to the pastors and their families and anybody else that looks like they've fallen asleep? I'm going to throw things at you. Are you ready? Wow, that was quite a reaction from this young lady right here. Did you, you want to see it in, in slow motion? Watch. She went... While her friend's going, yeah, here, two for you. You work hard. Oh, there, now she's awake. All right, you ready? Ready? Woo! That's why there should be ushers, people helping. I don't have an arm like I used to, right? All right. See, you sit up front. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to try and throw them far. You sit up front. You sit closer to the front. Look what happens. You're going to need these. I'm just getting started. But she's got the whole bag. I'm out. Oh no, there. If you have a peanut allergy, um, <laughs> I'd like you to move to the back. If you have a peanut allergy, we'll do the healing prayers at the end, not in the middle. Oh, there's more in here? Did, did all of you get one of these? Oh, yeah. All right. I see. I see that hand. <laughs> so I'm going to do all I see that. Would anybody like to surrender their offering today? I see that hand. Oops. You ready? I see you, Buck. You ready? I'll try and fly in the back there. Here, Maggie, you want to come and help me? You want to stand in the middle and toss them to the people? In the... All right, there you go. Some of you are like, oh, please, give me some. How many of you have complained, I just never get fed here? This is the answer to that. <laughs> Try coming hungry. That's just a thought. <laughs> That's about, it's the only thing he's written down so far. Try coming hungry. All right, there we go. You ready? Yeah, okay, you give a few more. You can keep one for Maggie, okay? Now, unless there are weaker believers, okay, go halfway back and throw the rest. Unless there are weaker believers who would stumble if you eat in church, you can have it now. You'll need the nourishment. I'm sorry I don't have enough for everybody, but A, I'm cheap, and B, stick around, I'll buy lunch. Is that good? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 says it this way. For you see your calling. You may want to underline and stuff in the Bible there. For you see your calling, brothers, sisters, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen 
the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His, in God's presence. But of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You know, he wants to go off, doesn't he? That it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Maybe there are some of you who are wise by the world's standards. Maybe there are some of you who are of noble birth. Maybe there are some of you who are powerful and chosen by the world. Not me. I have no noble heritage. I am 116th Native American. You can tell by my skin tone, can't you? Not really the noble side. No great fame. Not born into it. Not going to end up with it. Not endowed with any particular charisma or charm. I don't even have good hair anymore. His turn gray, mine turn loose. I'm not even a good basketball player anymore. Well, I never was, but I'm still not. I've come to realize that honestly, I might be able to strive to someday get up to average. You know the whole thing about a big fish in a small pond? Listen, I was a minnow in a Dixie cup. Welcome to the ocean. I'm like the rapper. Not not the, you know. Like the rapper on the bag of M&Ms. I might be a little colorful. I may have a lot of words. But really, I'm just a piece of paper to get people's attention. My daughter nailed this spot on last night when we were talking and I was asking her to help me. Uh, I had this thing of M&M's in my office and it says on the big bag, fun size. And my wife was explaining to her and said, you know, like Halloween size. And, and she thought that they were the Halloween wrappers and we just don't particularly do demonic stuff in our house if we can help it. And we can. Uh, but she thought they were, they were Halloween wrappers and, and said last night, I don't care what's on the outside. She's a genius. You see, it's what's inside that counts. Look at the person next to you and remind them, it's what's inside that counts. It's what's inside that counts. I even thought ahead and put space for you to write that on your notes. It's what's inside that counts. Friends, do you realize that there is a treasure inside of you? You are valuable because of the treasure within you. It's what's inside that counts. 
Do you realize that there is a treasure within you? And listen, I am, I am so good at this that even the M&Ms have a treasure inside of them if you like peanuts. huh? It's what's inside that counts. Do you realize that God dwells within you? That the Spirit of the living God, that the Creator of the universe, that the uncontainable God has chosen to place Himself in a container. Not because of a title, not because you get a paycheck signed by a church treasurer. Because God wants to manifest His glory. He puts the treasure inside. Inside of one of ennoble birth. Inside of one who wasn't much and still isn't much of anything. Inside of us. The Creator. The Sustainer. The Redeemer. The life giver. I mean, sometimes you don't think you're going to make it through Monday morning. Inside of you is the giver of life. The resurrection and the life dwells within you already if you are His child. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The one who, who originates. The one who sustains. The one who concludes. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob dwells within us. In me. In this mess. In this wacky, colored, wordy wrapper dwells the all in all. The one who is a refuge in the time of storm. The one who is a provider for those who are without. The one who is God and He is God all by Himself and He dwells in us. I don't know why. And I don't know how. He loves me enough not just to hang out with me, but to make me His home, His dwelling place. If God dwelling inside of you If Him loving you enough to inhabit you doesn't make you feel special, then you've allowed yourself to be deceived by the lies of the evil one. If the all-surpassing greatness and power of God dwelling in us Not the wish I was this type of me, me, but in the reality of who I am, me. If I don't think that makes something special going on here, then I've missed the truth. I believe the lie. I've succumbed to sight instead of faith. There's a king who calls you his own. There's a message that comes through you. And there is a treasure within you. As we close, let me remind you of this. Self-identity is vitally important. It, It really is. But maybe you don't like the finger puppet that you are. Maybe you don't like yellow. Maybe that color wrapper doesn't appeal to you too much. Maybe you look at the the paper and say, I wish God had used brown. I I, I wish He had used 
foil wrapping. I, I wish he, uh, you know, I wish there weren't spots on the paper. Maybe you just don't really like the vessel that God chose that looks at you in the mirror each morning. And maybe you don't even look at the packaging you've come to that point. I've got good news for you. That's not a problem. It's not about the packaging. It's not about the wrapper. It isn't about the one that's been chosen so much as it is about the chooser. It isn't about the speaker so much as it is about the message. See, it isn't about the clay jar as it is about the treasure. Not one of you with any sense would care if I gave you a million dollars in a brown bag or in a beautiful treasure box, would you? With any sense. What lies have you believed? What excuses have you made? What are you hiding behind? Is it because the wrapper doesn't fit your expectations? Is it because you wanted to be a giraffe, not a zebra or a lion? Is it because you're afraid that the treasure is so overwhelmingly beautiful that people aren't going to see the package that carries it? Is it because you haven't really come to understand the message and the treasure and the King? Would you bow your heads and pray with me for a moment? I'm going to ask in the next couple moments if you would just really seek to know what's inside you. What you really believe about what's inside you, I should say. How have you been perceiving yourself? How is this striking you? How's your life structured? About the packaging? Or about the treasure? Do you see the wrapper all wrinkled? Do you see the puppet all damaged? Do you see the clay jar marred and cracked? If so, I want to pray for you today. Because God wants to give you eyes of faith to see beyond the exterior. God wants to give you eyes of faith to see the King and the message and the treasure. I want you to start by confessing your sin today. What do you mean, confess my sin? I mean, it is a sin to think more about us than about the God of the universe. Church staff, I've been there. Hopefully you're not there right now, but we've all been there. When it's more about us than about who's in us. 
God accepts our apology if we offer it. What's humbling though, isn't it, to realize we're not really what it's all about. But that's okay. God will put that all in the right order later. God, forgive us. Cleanse us. Break the chains. I, I, I want to, if I may, just in these last few moments, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for the staff, if that's okay. I'd, I'd like to bless you all today. And if you're comfortable with that, staff, I want you to just maybe make your way up here, pastors and your families, if you just make your way up here and stand here. If you, could just, if you don't mind playing in the background strong enough, appreciate that. While they're making their way up, I want to pray for you today, church. And if you're here and you say, you know, that message is great, but I'm not sure there's a treasure in me yet. I'd like to introduce you to the one who has been calling out your name since childhood. If you're here today and you're not ready yet to say, it's more than me, that's all right. Why don't you just deal with that thought this week and, and talk to one of these pastors later. But if you're here this week and you say, you know what, I'm hurting. I'm messed up. I don't like me. I'm tired of being damaged goods. I'm tired of not being good enough. I want to pray for you today. Would you stand with me? All of us, let's all stand this morning. And if you want prayer, we want to pray for you this morning. If you want prayer, you say, you know, it's just something I'm struggling with. Maybe you're just kind of at level one struggle. Or maybe this week you've thought about, how can I just end this miserable life? You know, that's kind of a level 9 or 10. If you want prayer this morning, I believe that God is in this place to heal us. That's the message I have. That God is in this place to anoint us, to empower us to take that message, to demonstrate the treasure of love, the treasure of hope. If you want prayer this morning, I want you to just come and make your way down here. Stand here for a few moments. I'm going to pray for them and then I'll be happy to pray for you. I don't belong here, so I'm not going to ask you to join anything, sign up to anything, do anything embarrassing. We just want to talk to God together. If you don't want to make your way up front, would you begin to pray for your pastors this morning?